Welcome friends. My name is Debbie Lawrence and this is episode 29 of the Compassionate Leader School podcast. Recently I've been posting on social media about time and planning and priority management. One of the questions I posed on a post the other day was, what does time freedom mean to you? I'm really curious about all things time and planning related. And I know when it comes to time freedom, when I have that conversation with students and with clients, it means different things for different people. For some people, it means that they have the ability to work harder, not smarter. Others will say that they, you know, time freedom for them is that they get to be their own boss. And others will say that it means that they get to do what they want to do, what not necessarily what they need to do, or that they're not constrained by time in some way in terms of what they're doing, and so on. For me, it's the former. I think of time freedom in the context of when I'm working on something, I love not being tethered or restricted by someone else's definition of how long that particular task or project should take. You know, for me, if it calls uh, for more time to bring it to a certain level, and that, you know, it's, it's a level of quality, and I really believe that it needs to be there, then I'm all in, and I want the freedom to be able to dedicate that time to it. On the other hand, if it requires less time, I don't want to have to just clock time because that was allocated for that particular project. I want to be able to complete it and then invest that extra time and effort elsewhere. So I love that notion of time freedom and really thinking about what it means. And it's interesting, and I'm talking about this today because this notion of time freedom of what I'm going to talk about in this podcast, intentional margin, and the importance of planning. It's really been on my mind a lot this spring, particularly as I head into the summer. Um, and when I think about, you know, this summer coming up, well, I'm just started it now. But uh, this spring, when I was thinking about the summer coming up, one of the things that would constantly come up for me was my disappointment with how my past three summers have have gone gone down. You know, what my experience has been. I um, come from academia, from years of teaching, and we would start the school year in September and we would complete it uh, in the late spring. And then of course we would have the, the summer time where we weren't teaching. And I have, always sort of been wired that way. That's how I think about my calendar year. I know most people think of the year as January to December, but I'm really wired that way. So coming into the fall has always been a really important time of year for me. And I've always wanted to come into it excited and energized and feeling really refreshed by the break which is really, I think of it as a gift over the summer. When you're teaching, it takes a tremendous amount of, of energy and thought. And um, there's something really nice about having, I think of it as an example of white space from teaching, 
for two or two and a half months over those summer months to just unwind, to think about what's coming up, often to create new program content. Like it's a real season of renewal for me, but that hadn't been the case for the last three summers. So I'd enter into September and I would feel as tired, sometimes even more tired. Just when I say tired, I really mean mentally tired from the work that I had accomplished over the summer. And so I don't know if it's because we've all been in this lockdown for what seems like forever with this pandemic, but I am really committed to not just having a different experience by the end of the summer and in terms of how I enter the fall of 2021, but I'm really committed to having a really high quality summer during July and August. And for me, it, it sort of heads into the, the middle of September as well. So I had to really think about what was on my plate and this notion of this time freedom I was hungry for. And in order to create that, I also needed to think about this notion of intentional margin. Now, intentional margin is a concept that I learned from author Richard Swenson, who describes margin as the space between our load and our limits. He says it's something that's held and reserved for contingencies or those unanticipated situations. And he describes margin as the gap between, now listen to this, the gap between rest and exhaustion, the space between breathing freely and suffocating. And so my answer to ensuring that I had the appropriate amount of intentional margin was found in my planning and in particular in my approach using project management. When I looked at this summer heading into September, from a work perspective, no, I wasn't teaching and I was not accepting any kind, any kind of speaking engagements or conferences or anything. I really wanted that developmental time um, that's very different from those other times when you're very, uh, it, when you're very public and you're, you call it, uh, there's a term Michael Hyatt calls it front of stage. So I didn't want to be on stage doing my thing. This was really more backstage work. Plus I have six significant projects that I'm working on. Five are for clients. One is for my own business. And three of those have a deadline at the end of August. The other three have September deadlines. And I was looking at those six projects and thinking, oh my gosh, like I've got to make sure that I get all of the components of all of these projects completed. Plus, personally, when I looked at how I wanted this summer to be, I'm, hung, I'm hungry to be able to make sure that I read more than I get to do in the fall and the winter and spring when I'm heavily into teaching and speaking at conferences and that sort of thing. I also wanted to be outside as much as I could 
we're in Atlantic Canada. We don't get the longest winters, the summers in the world, and you really have to take advantage of it when take advantage of them when you can. So I wanted that time to be able to to be outside, just to spend time in my with my flower beds and my salad garden. I wanted to make sure that I was uh, being able to walk, relaxing on the deck. I wanted to spend more time with David because I wanted to make sure I had that extra time where I had more flexibility in my schedule. If we wanted to do a day trip, I wanted to be, to be able to do that. If a friend called and said, do you want to do activity X? I wanted to be able to do that. Uh, David's teaching me how to play the piano. So I had to make sure that I had appropriate time in to practice every day. There's some new technology I'm really excited about learning. I have some decluttering jobs. Like I've got my list of things that I love to do. Like none of these are chores for me. And then I have these six big projects. So when I thought about everything, I said, I have to treat it all through the lens of project management in order to create this thing called intentional margin. So I looked at it now, I'm not gonna teach you a course on project management, but one of the fundamentals of project management is this thing called the work breakdown schedule. And in essence, what you do is you take your project, you look at all the major tasks that have to be done, and you create um, subtasks from them, sometimes sub subtasks. You have to look at what the key performance indicators are, are, are there major deliverables? Sometimes a certain thing has to be done before the next thing can be done. So you, you create this project and this project timeline based on your work breakdown schedule. So I knowing how to do this, I sat with all six of my projects and this took me a couple of weeks because I was also working with other things at the same time. But I really was very thoughtful about how I plotted everything out. But what I noticed is once I had done this, I, I do frameworking for project management all the time, but I hadn't done it to the level of intricacy that I did for these particular projects. And, and so once I did one, it was almost a template for a couple of the other ones. So that was really, really helpful. And then I took that and programmed that into my project management software of choice, which is Asana. If you've never used Asana, oh my gosh, I don't know where would I, I would be without it. And I was able to create my timelines and look at them and make sure that I was being thoughtful about everything. It integ integrated it into my calendar. But here's the thing that I did differently that historically I had not done. I can do that for work projects all day long. But I then said, I have got to treat my piano practice, my, my piano work as its own project. And I have to build into my master schedule the time to do that. I had to build in time for reading to actually allocate times throughout the week when I was going to give myself a block of time to go and read. Now, initially, when I started to do it at this level of intricacy, I was working with uh, with my coach. You know, as a coach, it's important that we have coaches. 
And he was really challenging me to look at how I was approaching my own non-work time and treat it the same way that I would with work time. And he challenged me to actually schedule every waking moment of the hour. So I sleep for about eight hours a night, which gives me then 16 hours a day to work with. And I had to sit with my calendar and go, okay, this is this is the time block that I have for getting ready for the day. This is, um, you know, when I, this is the 40 minutes that I need for a return trip to drive Taco to daycare. And then I've got to have 40 minutes later in the day to go and pick him up from daycare. Like that's 80 minutes a day, three days a week I spend taking Taco to daycare. Time that I'm uh, preparing dinner with David, when we're actually eating dinner, when we watch the news together. It's really interesting. It's seven o'clock at night, I practice my piano. And when you start to plot things in that way, you start to see how much time all those things take. And I made sure that I had time for those household projects I wanted to do, time to, if I wanted to go for a walk and I blocked it all in. And I was able to see when I did that, that I have ample time to meet my deadlines. So this was, I was like super excited. I put a lot of work into it, but um, it was absolutely wonderful. And of course, here's what happens. Every morning when I check my email as part of my um, workday startup routine, I have an email from Asana saying, these are your tasks for today. And then as I do things, I get to check them off. But the greatest thing, the greatest gift that it gave me was when I go to start my workday, I no longer have to think about actually not just my workday, but also my whole day. So my work time and my personal time, I don't have to think about what do I want to do right now. I realized for me, I used a lot of energy and probably wasted time debating about what I wanted to do. Now I look and say, oh, okay, so it's 9.30 and I see for the next two hours, I am scheduled to do my month end bookkeeping and I just go and do my month end bookkeeping. Or I'm scheduled to create some PowerPoints for an online program I'm creating for the next hour and a half and they're for modules three lessons, one, two, four. Okay, then that's what I'm doing. And I've just done what is on my list. And it has been a game changer. Honest to goodness, I never thought that uh, that would happen. But I kind of like that I don't really have to think about any of this. You know, I worked fiercely this past spring to thoughtfully and intentionally schedule that time for this month, July and August and September. And part of that agenda was also ensuring that I built in enough intentional margin so I don't get overloaded, so that I'm not overwhelmed, so that I'm not exhausted at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the summer. Now, I heard someone once describe our energy 
like a fuel gauge. And that's exactly what I think of when I think of uh, Swenson's concept of intentional margin. You know, just like how a fuel gauge sends a clear signal when the gas tank is getting low, I used this idea during my planning efforts. And so this is what I was doing. When my commitments, I decided I wanted 10% of intentional margin every day. And based on my sleeping time and waking time, that's about an hour and a half. That means that that's an hour and a half of white space. Nothing's planned. But I also, I have an hour and a half of flexibility built throughout the day. And when I was doing the planning, it was so interesting. So that when I would get to over 90% of my time in any one day planned, it was like my fuel gauge was vibrating. I would get this, like this warning in my head that um, I was eating into my contingency time or that white space time, that intentional margin was being deteriorated. So I had to go back and rework it to make sure that I kept it at no more than 90% of my total time that I had available waking time for planning. And the thing is, so it gives me about an hour and a half a day. And I want to have that in my back pocket in case my friend drops over and wants to sit on the deck and have a cup of coffee and chat for an hour. If my mom wants to FaceTime, it's sometimes if David and I are having a great discussion about something after we've had lunch together and I'd like to linger for another half hour with him, I have the flexibility in the run of the day that I've got that hour and a half. And so maybe I was scheduled to do, I do a lot of time blocking this time of year. So maybe I had a two hour block from one to three where I was going to work on um, if some aspect of a project for a client um, and I had scheduled you know some some of this intentional margin time at four o'clock well I could if I my friend dropped by and wanted to have coffee then I could do that from one to two and just instead of doing this project from one to three I could do it from two to four you know what I mean right uh, if I had the flexibility within that hour and a half at the um, at my disposal on any day. And as I said, this has been a real game changer. I go to bed feeling accomplished. I'm laser focused. I'm also very conscious of how I'm consuming time in general. I really see that it is finite. I really think about spending my time like I spend my money. I don't spend my money frivolously and I certainly don't want to be spending my time frivolously. And I don't have an endless supply of it, neither do you. And I really do want to spend it well. I also know from experience that when I've not done this, I've typically landed at a commitment level of my time of 120%, which shows up as less sleep, right? Sense of overload, you can get into overwhelm, and I have said no more. All right, my compassionate leaders, your take action challenge this week is to ask yourself, how could I create intentional margin in my life this summer? Just try planning one week 
for every waking hour is accounted for and a percentage of that like I have an hour and a half a day uh, is, is going to be in allocated to this intentional margin. Just try it for one week and be really disciplined about it before you draw a conclusion one way or the other. And something tells me that you're going to be pleasantly surprised by what you learn. You know, as I heard someone once say, margin is not something that just happens. You have to fight for it. And that's exactly what I'm doing for myself. What about you? Okay, finally, as always, I want to remind you that if you haven't done so already, please go to my website, debbielawrence.ca, and sign up for my podcast so that you never miss an episode, as I always say. And if you like what you're hearing, leave a comment or write a review. I really appreciate it. Until next time, remember to give yourselves permission to show up as fierce, open, and compassionate leaders, and always to living life abundantly. Bye for now. Thank you.